You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. My next guest over 10 years ago had a traumatic, life-changing situation that he thought he'd never recover from. Basically, he saw his life disintegrate right before his eyes. It was his darkest days. He would sometimes wake up two or three times a night, rushing to the toilet to throw up out of utter fear and terror of his life. He allowed himself to become entangled in what he called the Bermuda Triangle, self-pity, deep foreboding, and anger. And in this swirl of perpetuated pain destroying his sense of self, it took away his ability to navigate through life, even years often um, after the storm had passed. Instead of channeling his anger, his sorrow, his, his desperation into strength, it created this toxic sludge of victimhood that he would carry around with him. One day he got quiet and he stepped out of his victim role. He stopped listening to the chaos of his thinking. Um, he's a dear friend. He's a coach. He's someone I really, really enjoy talking to. He is a fresh face, fresh voice within our community doing some amazing work. Uh, we're going to jump into it and talk really about a lot of things, everything from his book to his understanding um, of ADHD and how that's all shaped this life. So, so sit back and relax. I hope you can enjoy today's conversation and welcome to today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is a treat. You saw from his picture, he's a handsome debonair. <laughs> it is a coach, speaker, and, and a friend, Sam Lair. Hey, Sam, what's going on, my friend? How are you, my man? It's an honor to be here. I've been wanting to come on uh, your program for since time immemorial. <laughs> now, now this is like Christmas um, in, in, in a half an hour for me. So thank you for having me on. Tonight. Oh, man. No, I, I really appreciate you being here. And I got so many different places I want to go, but I'm going to start 
uh, where I'm pretty sure it start most of the time is, <laughs> Sam, what the hell is an intuitive mindset coach, Sam? <laughs> oh, wow. Drum roll, please. Well, it's interesting because that is an amalgamation of before I, I really started seeing and, and really was introduced to the principles. Um, I just, I, I'm kind of like how our, you know, your, our colleague and amazing coach, Michael Neal, calls himself a catalyst, kind of like a shepherd where I, I initially, I would work with clients using uh, modalities like acupuncture, Reiki, and people would just drop into the present moment with me. And then I would just be able to, we just start a conversation. Most of the time, the conversation would start from nowhere. We would just talk about the movies or, or, or the Miami Dolphins. And it was a lot of mumbo jumbo. And then we got, we circled the wagons back to, to you know, getting them back to who and what they are, to their you know, to their kind of North star, their default state of, of, you know, why, why, you know, what, what, what is, what is going on around all that noise in your head? Like, let's get you present. Let's, let's get you moving forward. I, I love that. Even before I knew about the principles and, and we listen, all of us have been practicing the principles since we were born anyways. But um, for me, it's been, <laughs> it's been one big, Yeah. Rodeo. <laughs> I love that. I, I've had that same description. It's been a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah, one, of, one of those. I also love that, you you know, a tagline you use is, is spiritual Uber driver. Yes. Um, being willing to, to take people where they want to go spiritually. Talk to me a minute about that. Well, for me, it was always, I've always had spirituality in my life. Um, growing up Jewish, um, family being uh, in, 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 in temple life, my mother's in the chorus, you know, I've always, it wasn't that Judaism was my, my, my I wasn't religious, but I was spiritual. And, and I noticed within myself when I would sit in the back of a synagogue or even church, I would go to midnight mass with a friend. I had a lot of uh, Catholic friends and, and I just get quiet there was something that would come over me. It would just like the clouds would, the, the noise would just disappear. You know, the, the, all my thought turbulence would just level out. And when, when I got that to that place, like, it's like I saw, like I could really just have like a moment just being really not Sam, the anxious ADHD overwhelmed guy, but, but someone who was able to really listen listen to others, take myself out of it and, and just be, you know, be really present for people. Um, and that's where my, the compassion and, and goodwill and, and just loving my clients and loving this work, it's how it kind of all came together. Um, and it, it's a blessing that it, well, it's a blessing that I was able to see it after many decades of, again, circling the wagons, you know, just, uh -huh. just lost in the, lost in the wilderness. Um, but I really wasn't where I wasn't really lost. I was actually always there. I just thought I was as, as um, yeah. no, I love, I love the story and I'm tracking, I'm tracking most of it, but I want you to kind of close the gap on somewhere because the way you show up, and a particular term you use to describe yourself aren't usually what you see. 
So right. you said young Sam ADHD, and I got my own visions of what I think an ADHD person shows up, and it's not how you show up, Sam. So kind of help me right. help me understand what you mean when you say, you know, ADHD, do you have it? Or how does that look to you now, at least? To me now, it, it, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people say that to me. They're like, you have ADHD? Well, I've spent 40 years uh, perfecting this, this, this mask, right? This, I, I've conditioned mm. through my own conditioning, um, learning how to show up and compensate for when I, I have moments of, uh, of ADHD-ness, whatever that is. And I also, once I realized that ADHD doesn't really exist, it's made up anyways, it's, it's all a bunch of story that I have a neurotype, that I have a brain that just works a little bit differently. And there's 190 million other folks like myself walking around the planet. I think it's like, what did they say? It was like 1.8, almost 2% of the world's population has this neurodiverse brain that maybe works a little faster, works a little slower, does the cha-cha in a different way and on, in a neurobehavioral yeah. perspective. But I always thought I was broken. Um, even though I could hide it through a smile or taking myself out of the equation and just being friendly. But in relationships, especially romantic relationships, that would slip. Like my, 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 my uniqueness with my neurotype would come out. And I couldn't, you can't hide it when you're in an intimate relationship with somebody. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard, but in, in professional situations, and, and in the outside world, you know, I could fake it. I could fake it a lot. Um, I could, you know, there was, it's like the, I, I perfected my, my neurotypical non ADHD dance moves. You know, that's, that's <laughs> you what got part them two so ever. good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, you got yeah. those dance moves so good. Nobody looked at the other ones. No, and, and, and oh, that's, I love that. That was, got me really exhausted because yeah. trying to be somebody and trying to, can either convince or show up yeah. in a way that's not Sam. Yeah. Is, is exhausting. Um, oh yeah. I, I, I know it very well. I call it, I call it cover and concealment was a military term that I learned to ooh, come to grips with like that I was that living in my life. Right. So the first thing you learn on the battlefield is the difference between cover and concealment because cover can stop a bullet. It's hardened. It's a, you know, it's something you hide behind that if the enemy is shooting, you don't have to worry about the bullets hitting you. Concealment is the enemy can't see you, but whatever is stopping their side of you is not going to stop the bullet. So if they just so and, you know, and that's just if if me and you were running and someone was shooting, I want to say, Sam, let's get behind this brick wall. And, and lay down here. I wouldn't say, Sam, let's run behind that cloud of smoke because they'll never see us because you just basically shoot into the cloud of smoke um, and then you hit your person. And, and what I was learning, though, throughout my life, kind of like you said, I had learned to put up this imagery that life was perfect, that if you just poked it, you'd be like, wait, what? The whole the whole building would fall over as just yeah. a propped up you know, one dimensional or two ply piece of wood or whatever, you'd see through it. But nobody ever poked because it That's looked right. so real that it was solid, that I had it all together, that I knew what I was doing. Like, it looked so real that nobody ever questioned me. 
and and that's and that's a wonderful example metaphor of i mean i that you, what what you've experienced in in your from your late teens until um, you know, adulthood with your military careers, it can't compare to my, my civilian life. Uh, but, but the, the common thread is, is that I was waiting for someone to really poke at that wall and to yeah. really, and, and thankfully I'm in a loving relationship partnership that, you know, took, took work like anything else in life. But you want to give a shout out though? I, I think we yes, said fast. I need to give okay. a shout out to, G, to, to Jeannie, who's my, my heart and soul and, and who continues to put up with me in all the right ways. And we both show up for each other. And she's the reason why I'm actually speaking to you today. And the reason, the, the blessing of the principles, the, the gifts of really seeing and learning how mind works, how the system works. And the interesting thing is she had to drag me kicking and screaming. To my first, to my first <laughs> three PGC event, and it was in 2019. I'll never forget it. It was in Marina Del Rey, um, and, and it was all the big players were there. You know, Rahini and Angus, and 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 Bill Pettit, actor Bill Pettit, and and Jan and Chip, and it was it was. I didn't really see how blessed I w- I was to be in front of these in- incredible people, um, because I didn't. I I really was so caught up in my thinking around it and judgments around it. And literally for the first couple hours of, of that, um, of the conference, again, m- imagine walking into that, not knowing anything about the principles thinking, you know, Southern California, everyone's into personal development <laughs> and, 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 and well, you know, it was, this is another S movement. Thing. I don't know. So I landmark, you know, there's a million of them. Yes. So I judged it from the beginning. I'm like, what are these people talking about? Like, I remember when, um, Chip Chipman, who I love, you know, I love all of them. Um, um, Such a heart, such a kind soul. Him and and Jan went up and started talking about their experience when when Chip first saw, when he really kind of saw what Sid was pointing to. When he, one one morning, it was probably 45 years ago, you know, he was a young dad and and they had a a newborn. and, And the story he tells is he's looking at his, his wife and, and looking at his newborn and, and the light strikes them in a certain angle. And he's, you know, reading the newspaper, not paying attention to them. And he just like loses it. He starts breaking down. And at that moment, I, I remember during the break, I went to the bathroom and I just started bawling. I mean, so that I saw something there and I couldn't put my, I couldn't language it. Right. And then doc, Dr. Pettit, Bill, Bill went on um, later in the afternoon, if I can remember chronology of the speakers and he quoted Sid and I never heard of Sid Banks and he said you know all of you are just one thought away from mental well-being mental health and again <laughs> the wheels are turning and I'm trying to hold back the tears because I'm going to be the man you know I'm yeah of course I right? and, and I don't know these people and they're weirdos you know I don't know it's like <laughs> oh man and and then about two weeks later I ordered a um, a copy of I had Michael I ordered Michael Neal all of his books because I'm a big Michael Michael Neal fan and I you know and I learned I was reading about Aaron Turner and all the all the all the elders and I Garrett Kramer had a book called Still Power which was very wonderful book very direct about about sport and the principles uh, uh, you got it nice oh I, I've do- that book I've dog-eared back and forth I mean it's it's 
I, I started reading it and then I remember he was talking about a hockey player and like hockey players perform their best when, when, you know, they just go out on the, on the ice and they're anxious and, and they just, but then they play the best game of their life. And when they don't play the best game of their life and they get a penalty and they're in the penalty box, you know, Garrett's like, just sit with it, just sit with it. Just sit still, you know, learn still power. Cause it's, it is your default state. It's who you are. It's, it's, we're all, you know, we all come uh, pre-installed from the factory, this, this still power, this, this sense of calm, um, as, as Michael Neal calls it, it's the uncomfortable, or I'm sorry, it's the, the, um, it's like that weird calm, not uncomfortable, but weird calm that comes over you that you can't describe. And I remember after it was, um, it was like seven, eight o'clock. I was going to take, I wanted to take a shower and in the shower, I'm like, Oh my God, Holy God. Let's <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, and, and I remember screaming, I, I coming out of the shower. I'm still wet. I'm, I'm screaming and I'm yelling at G, not yelling at Jeannie, but I'm like, Jeannie, you won't believe this. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's looked at me and we, we embraced and, and um, from that day forward, it's, the principles has changed my life and not to sound too, you know, sanctimonious, but it really has saved my, my, my life. Cause my life before that was going in and out of, of suffering of, of wow. insecurity of, of believing the nonsense, the, the, the drama in between my ears that I've been conditioned to believe is real. Like, and, and, and no one taught me any of this, like all of us. We weren't taught any of this. And, and for me, that was just like, that was the event horizon. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it, man. And, and just being able to witness, and I also want to give a shout out to Jenny because um, she's part of the reason my voice is in the world. Uh, from my website to photo shoots to business management for setting up my MailChimp to, I mean, I remember meeting her and her looking at me with these sweet eyes of, oh, we're going to get you there, baby. Don't you worry. Like she, <laughs> she just had this endearing, it's, it's this endearment about her. Like it was okay. Like it was okay. We, we didn't know all the answers to it, but it was okay. Kind of like how she, she always left me. And I, I love uh, how she taught me to tell stories visually hmm. um, and how she does that when she takes pictures. And even being on photo shoots with her and me being nervous because, you know, she's she wants the, the, the her creativity, right. you know, but watching it is like literally watching real time genius happens mm. because we've had the conversation. So I drove to this meeting knowing we don't know what we're looking at. And then I watch her settle in and create pure magic. And it comes out in a visual stories that when I post them, you could, it was just like, oh my God, I got what you're doing. Like, wow. It's genius in action. And, and because Jeannie is so present and it's so authentic. Yeah. Oh man. What yes. you see is what you get. The, and, and it took me a while for me to see that in myself. Um, but for Jeannie, it's one of the most, it's one of the most beautiful things about her is it's, it's that, she see she is that bright shining light that you know we all have that bright shining light yeah um but but it, it just shines bright in her work and, and how much she gives to others professionally and, and her friends um and i feel so blessed to, to to be her partner to to be you know her her beloved 
Um, because again, if it wasn't for her, you know, I wouldn't be talking right now and I would I never know. have gone to my first, you know, uh, conference. And, you know, when I think back at ADHD and, and my learning, I was diagnosed with learning disabilities, which were misdiagnosed. Um, and, and I know we're segueing over to that because it's in, at the, the, um, the segue is important because knowing what I know now, which I was never really shown or taught. 35, 40 years ago when we were, we're about the same age. So I mean, we're both Gen Xers, we're, you know, 40, yeah, 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 yeah. 40 something. We'll get <laughs> early, early 40 I'm 44. Something. What about you? I'm 44. I'm 47. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. 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 Uh, excuse sorry. me. Just clear my throat there. And, 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 you know, with 80, with, with, there was no such thing as a neurodiverse, a, a neurodiverse mind. It was, it was, it's more like with, you know, with ADHD, they're throwing darts at a board. They would give you medication. And if the medication worked, then okay, problem solved. And this is like 1983, 1982. I was like eight years old. And I was diagnosed with a learning disability at eight years old, um, which com completely bamboozled me because I was like, what the, what's a learning disability? Um, and I know, right? <laughs> the irony is I was misdiagnosed and it, it innocently. And these are people, you know, the school psychologist, nice person well-meaning, but he's conditioned to, to do a, perform a certain task, right? To diagnose and treat, that's all they know. And, and there's nothing that, you know, it's not like they're purposely- uh, Ruining an eight-year-old's life. Right, stigmatizing, yeah, yeah. right, right. So, so fast forward almost 20 years, you know, I excelled in many areas in, in, in the creative endeavor, writing and speaking. And um, I loved history, but, a lot of other areas in my my, my uh, formal education I really struggled with, especially mathematics and reading comprehension because I just didn't stuff that was really boring. I just couldn't remember. It wasn't wasn't tangible for me. It wasn't stim, high, stimulating enough. Not just not because I was just mind wandering. It was because I just wasn't wasn't into the subject matter. Yeah. And I was penalized for that. And I remember going to a psychologist once when I was officially diagnosed. Um, he and, and I remember him saying. You know, Sam, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm like, okay, but there are, but we need to treat it, and 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 there, we need to treat the symptoms of it. And, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, what does that? How does that make what any sense? That, yeah, how does that make <laughs> any sense? Well, uh, you know, um, <laughs> if, if there's nothing wrong with me, and, and this is just how my brain works, then then what do I need? Uh, the, treat. the treatment. Yeah. What's the treatment? So yeah. again well-meaning clinicians and and you know dr pettit talks about this he was a you know he's a retired psychiatrist and and before he was he met sid he he kind of saw things from a broken perspective you know that that you know we that that an adhd brain is a broken brain and it literally if you if you google prefrontal cortex and adhd the first thing that comes up is damaged prefrontal cortex swear to god you can do it right now you'll see it oh wow and, and again I have love for, for, for that. Um, I mean, yes. I, I have no, no, no attachment to that, but at, you know, my, my late teens, early twenties, that's a killer. Like, yeah, I yeah, no, broken. I get it. I yeah. felt just stigmatized. I felt um, like nothing I could do was right. That, that because my brain worked a little differently, um, but no one taught me how to use this ADHD brain. They just showed me what was wrong and how to maintain it or how to stay mm. a good, a good young man and, you know, in society. And, and uh, I love that. And I was just like, Oh, 
okay, this makes no sense. If, if, uh. if, if the men mental health profession is telling me that indirectly, not in your face, that you're broken, that um, there's a, it's a disability or it's, there's a, um, you know, your, your brain's not producing enough dopamine, right? Your prefrontal yeah. cortex is not working right, but yet there's nothing wrong with you and you should just try to live in society and go about your life was extraordinarily difficult um, and, and confusing. And so I was walking around with this dark cloud of, of insecurity and felt like I was not good enough. You know, I had friends and I, came, I come from a good family, knock on wood, and, and I was able to graduate college and go to grad school. But then something happened um, to me almost 20 years ago that um, kind of shook me to a point where I never thought I, I would survive it. Um, something legally that happened that is in my book um, called Fearless. It's, it's going to be out um, next spring. Ooh, and did I, did I um, ruin the surprise? No, this is your, this is your show. Everything. This is all your party. <laughs> The surprise was when I said, ladies and gentlemen, now everything's okay. on okay. you now. Yeah. Okay. okay. No pressure or anything, Sam. For, okay. And, and so it was further confirmation when, when this, this thing happened to me, which will be in my book. I don't want to give it away because it is coming out. Um, that was really traumatic. That was so frightening and shocking, not just for me, but for my family, for my friends and should have destroyed my life, should have ended Sam's life. I, and it was a further confirmation how broken I was, right? But I had this gift uh, uh, called writing. I, I, I love writing, right? And I'm a pretty, pretty good communicator and I love people. So I had that, those positive things going for me, right? <laughs> checking it off, checking one box after the other. Okay, I'm good at this. Okay, this thing I'm pretty good at. Okay, there's three things I'm good at, right? Being a nice person, perfectly imperfect, have my foibles, I have my growing edge but I could do these things, but everything else messed up, right? I forget yeah. things all the time. I'm, I'm impulsive over, I react too much. I get overstimulated. These are all the things I've been conditioned to believe since I was eight years old, basically, right? You speak at a turn. I mean, how many detentions I got, you know, <laughs> growing up just because I had something to say, <laughs> and I interrupted yeah, the teacher. And I say, yeah. So long story short, I wish, my, my teachers, again, can't go back. And thankfully, now I know what I know and, and sharing this understanding with my clients and, and my podcast and, and on this amazing program is I wish, I wish teachers, clinicians out there would have said to me, Sam, you have this superpower called ADHD. I want to teach you how to use it so it works for you, not against you. Yeah. How to see the noise as an illusion. How to see the noise when you're overstimulated, when your brain is just, because it's working like an F1 race car, right? And I, and I, and I love cars and I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big petrol head and it, it, it's the ADHD brain is not attention deficit. It's just attention different. And when I saw it that way, when I saw it that way is Sam, you have a very speedy brain. It's like, um, it's like a DeLorean, but with a turbo DeLorean engine. Not just the, you know, it's like an F1 race car. It needs, it might need a little bit more tender, loving care because it's going so fast. You know, yeah. you're going to reach the, the, the breaking point, the, the friction point of the engine. You don't want to blow your engine. So I had to learn on my own and through this understanding, how to be more compassionate for myself when I got caught up around the axle and forgot, forgot yeah. who, I, who I am. Or, or I started believing the narrative. 
the story about old tapes. You know, the brain loves to keep us safe. So it's going to do anything in its power to keep us safe. So it's going to play old tapes from traumas. Um, oh, yeah. Play- it tries to yeah. run the reel on it. Yeah, I yeah. Love- Man, you just did one hell of a job. I know earlier you said my military experience won't compare to you as a civilian, but you've kind of expressed quite a few experiences I had throughout my military career. I know. Uh, I'm a, just a big fan of yours. That's all. Yeah, no, I just I, I, <laughs> in a sense, because it it's actually a form of post-traumatic stress disorder. The stress, yes. the stress that the narrative you were broken. And and it was reinforced by clinicians, like you said, and, and well-meaning people, but people in areas of authority or mentorship or guidance that you're looking to for service and help. The stress disorder was that mm-hmm. the, the, the aftermath or, again, the disorder is how you place the stress or the stress gets displaced in other experiences later was that the detention and the things like that. But you're absolutely right. Had we just shown had someone just shown you how your high performance mind worked, we wouldn't have had half the problems. It was the fact you were trying to make my high performance mind go to on the on the highway like a prison, like a Prius does. That was the problem, you know. Right, 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 right. You know, you're trying to take me from NASCAR to to one on one the 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 um HOV save gas lane. Right. You know, that ain't happening. No, it's not. And and it's it's it it's you know when it, when when I heard Michael Neal for the first time, and then, you know. He's, he's a gift. I mean, he's just a gift and you, you, you know, you work with him. When I saw, actually saw him in 2019 for the first time, he was with, um, oh, who's that woman who's, um, she wrote a book called Dying to Live, Anita Morjani. Anita Morjani, yes. And, who had okay. the near, the, the near death experience. Yeah. Or the, she yeah, actually the, died, had the death yeah. experience. Exactly. Yeah, not the near death. Yes, had the death experience. She, she didn't near, yeah, it was, it was completion. It was, yeah. yeah. She went up, yeah. She went yeah. on the other side for, for a little bit. Thank God she's back. Um, and when I saw Michael speak and share his story for the first time, it was just like, oh, wow. Like yeah. suffering is optional. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have everything in my life be perfect. I still can have debt. I still could have things in my life I want to improve, but I still can be happy. Yeah. And when I, when, and, and it's funny, um, when I'm caught up, when I forget, like we all do, it's like, <laughs> it's just confirmation and, and, and Rahini talks about this on their podcast. It's like, you're going to go crazy once in a while and not like pathology wise, but like, you're just uh, going to lose it once in a while. And then to try to like fix the system, you know, try to, you can never going to, you're never going to win. It's a losing no. battle. And, and the more you practice humility and, and laugh and goodwill and just, just kind of look for that, that feel good feeling, even, even amidst the chaos of the outside world. Um, you look at some of the, the greatest writers and, 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 and um, successful people, writers and, and, and entrepreneurs out there that have had very difficult times. They'll recall the same experience uh, that, yeah, when I had not a lot of money or when I was sick with, with cancer or whatever it is, you know, I still, I still had a lot of moments of joy. I still had a lot of moments of calm and, and just, how do you explain that? If, if our thinking, if our thinking is real or the experience going on between our ears is real, it doesn't make any sense then. And for me, it was just like, oh man, like, you know, for me though, um, when I do forget, 
because my mind isn't works in technicolor. What I mean is with a neurotype like mine, just, just how the machine works. It's like PC computer, right? It's like my MacBook works a little differently than the, the guy with Windows 95, whatever. Just, just <laughs> yeah, right? I like that. <laughs> but, they're, but they're like, what? Almost 2% of the world population has this particular MacBook Pro yeah. with, with um, a, you know, a 10 terabyte hard drive. Where yeah. We pick up everything. We're like a lint brush, right? In terms of, we're, we have a very sensitive system. Um, the sensory wise, you know, auditory, and, and I couldn't really language it to people because like, for instance, I'd be in a room at a conference because I used to work in pharma marketing many last time, my, uh, many lifetimes ago when I was in my early twenties before I applied to grad school. And I'd be at an expo, say in New York at the Javits Center. And I'd be talking to all these people, but I, the peripheral noise was so loud behind me, I couldn't even focus. I literally would have to excuse myself because the noise was 10 times louder than the average person. Like yeah. the noise in a conference or an expo, it, it's, it's, there are a lot of people in there and it's a big, it's a big room. Um, but for me, it was 10 times louder. I'd have to excuse myself and just like take a break because it was just it, almost painful. And, but I couldn't language that. I couldn't, I couldn't, language that to people, like, especially at work without messing up the languaging of it, because folks with my neurotype, I call it a neurotype. There are many of us out there. Um, we, we have a hard time languaging stuff sometimes when it comes oh, to yeah. ADHD, the ADHD mind, because it comes up sometimes is, you know, we, we get judged sometimes for being like, you know, um, too emotional or, or too sensitive, right? Or we're spoiled. Or, do you know what I mean? Yeah, same same way that a PTSD diagnosed person people exactly. steps like, on that shelf. Or coddle too much. Gonna, yeah, they think I'm gonna lose my shit and start shooting the room up. So <laughs> so they're very sorry. Like it's yeah, it's the same set of we have a idea. And I, I you have done very well. I, I really appreciate that. You have done very well on painting a much different picture. Uh for the narrative I myself have been taught about ADHD. Because for someone like me that came to the understanding, thinking I knew everything that, you know, I was broken. So deal with me kind of mentality. And then just listening, really listening, not listening. Like I'm listening to a book on tape, but like listening. And if you listen to Sid and I've listened to Hawaii lectures, I've listened to a lot. I can, you know, I'm a total Sid groupie because not because he said anything like off the charts brilliant. It's because of the feeling that you get from him. And, and, I, and I didn't even have to like, I can listen to his lectures over and over again and get something different out of each one over and over again. And that's the gift of this understanding is that it's, it's like this never ending treasure hunt. Well, man, I usually ask for people to talk to the community, but I, I don't, I don't think I need to because I really want to leave us in the space that we're in. Because for me, again, you've done very well at helping me see beneath something I thought was one way for a long time. And so that I actually just want to leave. But I do want to give you a chance to at least tell people where to find you. But man, you just, wow. 
looking at ADHD or even any of those terms, whichever one you want to interchange it with, just looking at them with a much different way uh, from this interview that I I truly appreciate from you. But where can people find you, Sam? Yes. um, They can go to my website. It's samledconsulting.com. Also, I have a podcast called The Fearless Now. It's on Apple and Spotify um, all the major podcast platforms, my Facebook page, um, Sam Light Consulting, and um, my book, which is uh, coming out in the spring, it's called The Fearless. It's called Fearless. I get it confused with Fearless now. Um, <laughs> and, and it's really, and, and really, the book is about this the illusion. And the bigger, you know, the bigger the drama, the bigger the, the noise, whether it's ADHD noise or anxiety, anxious noise, yeah. whatever kind of noise it is, it's the greater the illusion. It's, the greater the illusion, sorry, the greater the noise, the greater the illusion. And yeah. uh, you know, I love to love to help people see the noise for what it is. Moving through. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend and colleague, Sam Led. Thank you, man. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner, or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve.